Well, there's nothing <sighs> wrong with slurping in unison. Let's do it together. Wait a second. Ready? I almost choked. Almost choked. Almost I did choked. too. So maybe uh, unison slurping. I just blew like pathogens everywhere. <laughs> oh, wow. Omnicron. You know, you know your uh, pathogens are all, they're, they're sanctified. Sanctified and mutated. Yes, that's cute. Yes. So we uh, are um, we're on the long stretch of um, holiday seasons, and I did something in the middle of the night. I was woken up at four fourteen a.m. There's the mascot. There is Abigail the cat just walked by in her her Christmas vest. Her Christmas vest that her RPA insists on dressing her every day, and the poor cat gr doesn't grin, but she bears it. She Abigail bears it. is a good metaphor for life. Yeah, she is. She she onwards, she moves onward no matter no matter. Even if she has to slouch a little and Even <laughs> if she has to kind of hang her head low and hope that the uh, Instagram post doesn't go viral. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> but um anyway, so I woke up at 4:14. It'd been a long night because um the alarm went off in my house. Uh, it was just a fire sensor having problems. It wasn't enough to obviously call my gracious fire department, who knows me well. Um, but it was enough to wake me up. And oddly, it didn't wake up the dog. Usually it does because it disturbs her. And so I get up and punch some numbers in, and I can't sleep. I'm thinking, oh, do I pick up my fiction here? Do I just get up and you know read my Bible? And then I went, oh, wait, I'm in a book club. I'm going to read part of this book. And then... I'm going to go to sleep because it's a nonfiction, but it's really good. It's really good. Um, and so I started reading it and I was like, I couldn't stop. I could not stop. <laughs> You're up to like 3 a.m. No, no. I was already up at 4.14. Oh, and so it's that, you know, at 4.14, you're like, I could get up and I'm going to crash and burn by 4 o'clock. But I'd had, I mean, had a busy day before me. And I was like, I need rest. I need rest. Some rest. And I went, okay, rest in, you know, rest in bed is still rest. Oh, and by the way, there's a cardinal outside the window. Um, so I, I picked it up. It's called All It Takes is a Goal. I know I have the physical book somewhere in my Christmas material that I'm wrapping. Uh, but it's by John Acuff or Acuff. Um, and it's three. It's all it takes is a goal. Three steps plan. Uh, three step plan to ditch regret and tap into your massive potential. Now I read this and I say self help, self help. Oh, 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 oh is me. It's another just life going, coaching propaganda. Another life and another introspective. Like you have to dig for it, dream, cast it. You know, have like a bazillion homework sheets. <laughs> yes, and and seriously go on the uh. nebulousness of your brain, like what the what if? What if I blink? And he takes a totally different approach, um, and I couldn't wait. I couldn't wait, so I did end up staying up. I couldn't wait to get to a piece of paper, um, and write it down. But he says instead of looking into the future of the what is known, not known. Because, I mean, I know we all 
at New Year's, I, or at least I do. I don't do resolutions as much as I do goals and what I hope to accomplish this year. But that's all, and that's all good and well, and I will still do it. But he says to look back at the moments, the best moments of your life. And so you're like doing this little preview. Why does Brian Adams come to mind? Yeah, it does. Well, the I mean, best days of, of my life. life. You know, I, so I I started picking up pen and paper, and I was like, this felt it, it was the you know, even if you're a non-believer, but if you're a believer, well, even if you're a non-believer, non-believers do believe in being grateful and you know gratitude. We 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 give. Gratitude to our Lord God Almighty, who we know the blessings and the thanksgiving comes from. So I just started just taking off and writing, and it just, it was like so exciting um, because it wasn't me sitting there thinking, well, in five years. No, it was mm-hmm. stuff I could that already. Be, yeah. And, and I just kept writing and writing. He said his first week he wrote 170. I mean, I don't know about you, but I was just launching. And I had a day, I had a morning where I could do that because I was up super early. And I got my Bible reading in. I remember you were super mm. pumped because you sent me an audio memo that same morning that you've been up since four and you had this great idea. Yeah. And I had like a bunch of PDFs sent to my phone. This, Yes, because I, wanted, I, th- I thought this is a wonderful thing to talk about because it gives such hope. And what I didn't realize is at the... What I thought, well, I knew it wasn't the end of the list, but when I just stopped and did other things, I realized that I was deeply grateful, deeply, deeply grateful. Versus, I think, so mm-hmm. many resolutions, not that there's anything inherently wrong with them, but it, it's this constant pressure to do more, be more, and you yeah. haven't done enough. Right. But And I think so often we don't reflect on the past and what we've already accomplished, what fires we've walked through and how we've been refined along the way. It's only looking forward, which can be good in some aspects to want to pursue excellence, better yourself, et cetera. But I think, I thought this was really interesting. And when you sent me those PDFs and I was reading in the coffee shop, it was oddly therapeutic because I expected my brain to have to feel really on. Like how you mentioned the self-help stuff where it's okay. I have to go super deep and my brain has to be super powered on. Yeah. And this is deep, but it was this really slow, almost like visceral feeling process that was strangely relieving. It was. It was, I mean, I I don't know about you, but I thought the best moments of my life, immediately my brain, and we're we're really getting into how the way our brain processes, um, and very slowly because neither of us are rocket scientists. but by saying the best moments of my life, my brain didn't trigger, well, the worst moments of my life. That's so true. You know, and so I, all of a sudden, what were the high points? What were the high, I mean, what, and I mean, honestly, the list is, is, is an ongoing list, which I look forward to. Like, I'm like, I, and he does it, he does it where he writes one or two a day now. That's so you know? healthy. And I mean, you think about it, it's, it's a great way to follow up on your morning quiet time, your Bible reading at night, whatever. You know, what is the best moment? What is it that comes to mind? When it can be so easy yeah. in the chaos or lows of life to feel completely drowned by that. Right. And I mean, just yesterday, I had just this massive anxiety. I was telling you about it last night. Yeah. 
And I voice memoed you and I said, that was so relieving. It was like bomb to my soul to go through those questions and to read this author's perspective, right. um, like on reflecting versus looking forward. Right. And it was, I didn't even realize it as I was writing, but after I finished, I felt like this burden had been lifted from my shoulders in such a different way than I right. usually feel when I'm reading some sort of self-help bettering type right. thing, which I don't really read that often because of the same reasons, you know, it's, it's pressure, pressure, it pressure. is so much pressure yeah. and the like hustle mentality of you're never doing enough, but it was, it was really therapeutic. I really and, enjoyed and it. And you know what it felt like? It felt like a spiritual vacay. That, yes. You know, and that's yeah. what I needed. That's what I longed for. It felt kind yeah. of like the exit to the racetrack of thoughts actually yes. without realizing it. It does. It does break. Here's a segue. Here's an exit. And that's what gratitude does. It break. It gets you off the exit oh. and, and takes you to the, you know, the beach portion of your, your circle that's going on in your brain and it totally branches you off into a beautiful place, mm. you know, the beautiful memories. But so what we thought, I thought as soon as I said this. Um, is that, well, why don't we get together since it's, you know, tis the season to be jolly and, um, and thankful. John Acuff of uh, It Only Takes a Goal uh, asked a bunch of prompts in the beginning to set us up for this um, wonderful thing that you do. It's called a Best Moments list. So let's, let's start with your questions. Yeah, so mm -hmm. this is one of my favorite questions. Yeah. What for you feels like time speeds up or slows down? Time slows down. Now, time speeds up when I have an agenda list that is a mile long and it's to do, to do, to do, and I forget what I'm doing it for. Like I'm doing it for somebody else or I'm doing it for a project and all I see is the list. And I just feel, or, and, and, it's, it can be the mundane. It could be the clothes, as you could see, that are exploding out of my room. Um, and I just tend to ignore it. So that it, 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 for me, time speeds up because all I could think of is I just want to get past this. It's not lit. It's, it's checking off the box. It's not living in the moment, present with the Lord, walking with him. It's get her done mode. And what slows down, um, and it has been proven, uh, uh, Mrs. Jenkins from Essentials in Classical uh. Conversation said, when you try a new thing that your brain, you know, we our brains are so fascinating, but that the new, uh, synapses will, you know, like if it's similar to something, it kind of, it's the same or if it's the same thing, but when you try something new, that your, your brain's going, oh, you know, it flashes up a different part of your brain. That's something new. So I think it is when I'm trying something new. Um, and, I mean, obviously this has been the year for new for me. Uh, going to Switzerland, I, I had an idea for a story, seeing that the setting of these two cities was exactly as I imagined that they should be. and But getting to see them uh, because it's... It, it's uh, uh, not fa not really fantasy, but it is otherworldly. I get to world build, which I've always wanted to do. Um, so something new, 
doing something new that is reviving to my soul is what does it for me. Even if it's even on my property, and I feel like I've walked every bit of it, every bit of the acres, you can still find something new. I love that. Yeah. So, so when you're doing something new, it slows down time for you. It does. Yeah. And and there's a pause. Um, I think also getting rid of the square, the rectangle in my pocket really slows down time and makes it delightful. And just not not being beholden to, okay, was this text coming in? What is this email? What is the news saying? That kind of thing. What do I have to post? You know, the digital shrine. Yeah, the dig- yes. Yeah. And I really think that slows it down when you actually lose your phone and you're going, I'm losing it. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to ask. And you don't hear your text coming in and a bazillion people needing you. You can yes. just yes. be present. Yeah. I and and that. I think laughter, laughter for me really slows down time. Because you are doing something so soul-enriching that it's glorious. I love you know? that. Because, I mean, to really, really, truly laugh, not ha, 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 laughter. You know, well, like when someone texts you and they go, ha, ha, you're like. With oh, a period or no uh, emoji. I know. And ha, I'm, ha, I'm ha. like, yeah, that's, yeah. Or, yeah, he, he. Har, har. But when you're actually physically laughing there's a reason i mean you like to laugh i love to laugh i love laughing and it is so good for your soul i think it physiologically (laughs) expands your your lungs but it also it does something mind body spirit our pa just glared in here and smiled and then made me laugh listening to (laughs) she she, um yeah she loves to laugh and when she laughs i'm not even gonna tell you about her laugh but her laugh is pure joy her snort laugh yes i was gonna say that oh i gave it away (laughs) lily's snort laugh is a mood it is it is actually an incredible uh lifter it really is yeah so that's mine what about you i love it i would say time speeds up for me i wrote down a lot of things it speeds up when i'm writing and editing photos Mm -hmm. oddly and it's weird because sometimes it feels simultaneous with time Mm -hmm. it'll go by so slowly or i'll feel so focused but Mm -hmm. then i'll look and an hour's gone by yeah but it's okay let me ask you a question before we go because i equate speed up with a loss and slow down means Mm -hmm. i'm enjoying so how are you equating speed up? i equate it I can see it both ways because I mm-hmm. thought of the same thing, mm-hmm. but I realized time also speeds up as in it flies by when I'm doing something I really enjoy. Yes, yes this is true. Sometimes it goes really slow. When I'm running, time slows down. Mm. But when I'm doing something, when I'm doing other things and other things that are really creative, mm-hmm. time absolutely flies by, mm-hmm. even though I'm super like laser focused. Mm-hmm. But, but I think too in this the spirit of it is it flies by but the enjoyment of it is the thing that slows down yeah yeah, yeah like it's exactly prolonged it. yep, yeah 100 okay. percent. yeah but i would say the same as you though when i'm trying something new or i feel like my five main senses are fully engaged and i don't have my phone out yeah. obviously we both share a mutual love for europe I have a massive crush on Europe but I think just going by foot too and maybe that's why Mm. it feels the same for me with running it's just I feel like I can mentally decompress I can just let my thoughts 
unravel and I don't feel like I have all these pressing endeavors I have to get to. Um, but it's funny because even traveling time will do the same thing. It'll go by so slow, but you blink and then a week's gone by. Mm-hmm. So they're weird. It was, it was hard for me to actually nail down each of these. Cause in my brain, they feel so simultaneous, they do. but then they there do. are other things where I feel like I'm wasting time and you know, I'm trying to figure out a memory card or some really tiny tech spec and an hour goes by and it feels like nothing, but like nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. But I think when I'm creating, when I'm perceiving <clears throat> beauty, um, when just my five senses feel fully engaged, that's yeah. when it slows down and oddly speeds up. I love that perceiving mm-hmm. beauty. That yeah. is beautiful. It's important. Yeah. It's healing. It is. Yeah. Deeply. So... Yeah. Question number two. Question number, number two. two. You'll probably have a much better answer for this because you've had much more life experience. Uh, yes. and, um, 34 to be exact. Ooh, I, I did the calculator today. 34? I'm 34 years old. Okay. Yes. Look at this hot. <laughs> What's the best job? <laughs> oh what is the best job you've ever had? Hmm. I. You know, I consider all my jobs that I've ever had as great jobs because they even though I've hated a lot of them uh, but they've taught me something or not even hated but it I just knew I was not I was either bored I was not where I was supposed to be but I did them so the best job I've ever had are the ones that I work hard at Mm. no matter whether you like it or not Um, because there's a lot of people most of us are having to do some sort of work that we're not enjoying you know, I, so that is, you know, just diligence. That's the best job mm-hmm. I've ever had and, and perseverance. Um, I would say the best job, obviously, uh, cause this will go into the, my best moments, um, was raising my children oh, and being with them. That's Absolutely. A hundred percent being a part of their lives. Um, you know, would I do a million things over as a mom? Yes. Uh, but did I capture a min- million wonderful moments? Yes. So, but I also will say the best, but I just adore working with words, however it works, you know, playing with ideas in my head, stories, ideas, and uh, just looking forward to, you know, my goal of five, right, doing five books in five years. When he wrote After yeah. the Flowers Die, mm-hmm. which was published just a tiny bit over a year ago, yeah, right? When right, it was released. Right. Was that, is that something you look back on with fondness or was that hard for you to write? It was good hard. And mm-hmm. I think that's true of most things. Uh, it's good hard. Um, because, I mean, I woke up each, each morning and, and, and it is a book that is encouragement for life after loss. So I was thinking, I was the burden was deep because I was thinking of a lot of loss. Um, but finding the life in it, and but the biggest joy in it was just saying, "Okay, God, what? Are, which one are we going to do today?" Where do you and, rank that with best jobs? Would it be like top ten? Would it be top three? It would be top one. Oh, so after the flowers dies, number one. Well, no, writing books, love writing it. books. Absolutely, number one is it. my happy place. It, I it has been since I was in second grade. You won all the life. and I was self published. 
and my like little colored pencils. No, in my composition, paper. my little white and black speckled composition book. I was self-published. Well, I it. think it's cool too because mm-hmm. with your book that you wrote too, there's so much life you had to experience to even get the content that you did for that. And that is huge. The deep yeah. aches and pains, but then the beauty that came through for it. Yeah, and and I'll have. It's interesting. I'll have people come back and say that. That really helped me. And and one woman, remember when she came to Dylan, I think we mentioned it in another podcast, hate to mention it again, but she said, I just read it. I'll just open it up and read it, and it helps me. That's and I so was like, fabulous. oh, yay, God, yay. You know, that was that's a big yay, God. Well, also your work, when it's something that helps other people, yeah. there's something I think that's really life-giving about that too. Yeah, I think we all, that's deep down. We want to, I mean, obviously tell a story, that's engaging, but um, reach people just to reach people and let connect with them. I think that's why people write. 100%. And and plus that just the sheer idea of putting words together and all that. But now tell me yours. Ooh. Yeah. I would definitely say photography and how it all unfolded was so accidental because it came much like how writing is for you and like you can probably process a lot of pain through that and um, just life that you've endured. Photography has been something that I've loved and had this deep passion for for almost 13, 14 years. Mm. But a couple years ago, I was going through just like a really deep, deeply grievous season. And it was this idea that it brought beauty from pain because Mm. I remember praying and asking God, in the circumstances and stuff I was dealing with, I remember the one prayer I asked was if he could somehow bring beauty from the pain, from the chaos, Mm. then it would be worth it. And I think with photography, for me, I see others in such this beautiful light. Mm. I love seeing people when they forget that you have your lens in front of them, which is why I love lifestyle work people and their sport, their hobby, their natural habitat and environment. Because when they forget that your lens is right there, there is a stuff you just can't replicate when you post somebody. And I think people are so beautiful as they are without having to um, pose them, put a bunch of accessories and makeup, you know, a sweaty runner or like a ballet Mm -hmm. dancer's mangled, beaten up, bruised toes Mm -hmm. or even just you planting kale in your garden, yes. you know, there's something that springs forth, I think, so much life from that. And when I see that in other people and think, wow, people can be doing this seemingly simplest kind of thing, but it's so interesting and brings the most beautiful images. Mm. And Obviously, I love gushing over people, plastering them on my Instagram and Facebook and showing them how beautiful they are. And I think in that season, when I was having that realization or this divine awakening that photography was helping to bring beauty from the pain I was experiencing, um, because I I remember I was in this headspace at that time where I felt like absolute nothingness and crumbs. I didn't feel beautiful. I felt unloved. Mm -hmm. I felt discarded. And I thought, wow, if I see this in other people, maybe that same beauty is in me too. Maybe maybe I'm okay as I am. And the idea that people aren't having to do anything or prove anything on the other side Mm -hmm. of my lens, they're just literally existing 
being and mm-hmm. doing, you know, whatever their thing is in front of the, my lens. Um, so it's oddly, it's oddly metaphorical for me, but also just life giving. And I think the brain was created to admire and appreciate beauty. And there are even psychological effects to that and how healthy yeah. it is for us. So photography is definitely been the most creatively rewarding for me. Well, I will say as someone who's been um, photographered by you, um, there was one morning, it was all misty out, and you I think we were, had plans to do it in the evening, and it didn't work. Yes. And, and so you go, Renee, why don't we do it in the morning? And or do it this morning, and I'm looking at you going, it's misty, it's wet, I want to have my coffee, I want to open my Bible, I want to do my normal morning. And I just said yes. And so I, I get there, and for some reason, we're, we're barefoot in the, the dew, and the fog is coming down, and, and I was as relaxed as I will have ever been in front of a camera, because I trust you, um, but I think you bring that to even people that you don't know, complete strangers, because I see your work. It seems like you've walked in on a moment of their life where they're sharing a bit of themselves, but they're still connected to whatever's going on, particularly in your your um, bridal and your uh, engagement photos or couple photos. Um, but I was alone. So I was like, okay, how's this going to look? You know, what what am I going to do? And, you know, I, I, I tend to go to the silly girl moments. Okay, but you totally killed it in front of the but, No, but it was so much fun. And but more than that, it it was it was the first time I went, wow, that is me. She sees me, she gets me. And it's not just because we are friends, because you can be friends with somebody and not get the heart of them in a picture. And I don't want to call it picture in a photograph, you know, <laughs> photograph. Uh, but you got the heart of me. Uh, and I, I was just blown away. I was just blown away. That shit so, was so fun for me. Like, yeah. in return, though, I, yeah. I love that you felt at ease because it's – I equally want everyone who I photographed to feel connected and see themselves in their best light, you know? And yeah, and you do that. You, know? you do but that. You killed it in the Mr. Darcy well, no. fog. Yeah, so the mis- it was a Mr. Darcy fog. But you, you inspired me to, like, break out of my comfort zone do something and then i don't even know how we ended up barefoot in the dew but we did we did because you walk around in the middle of summer when i say go take a walk with me and there's briars everywhere and you're barefoot i'm like anna gray how many times i have to tell you you do need shoes um but we were out there and and you just I don't know. It, it it felt as good a therapy session as I've had. That makes my soul yeah. feel so happy. And creative. Yeah. It, it was just glorious. Wow. And it wasn't hard. Most of it's like, okay, where do you want me to stand? And you're like, hey, walk towards the tree. I'm walking towards the tree, you know, and walk through this way. And you're, and you're just... It, it's a great way to do it. You also had yeah. some great Lord of the Rings impersonations <laughs> that morning. That was, well, that, that's something I always like to, you know, I always want to be her, you know. <laughs> Same. Everyone yeah. wants to be Arwen. Yeah. 
fact, everybody does. If yeah. you want me, come and claim yeah. me. But the other one too. Yeah, I forget what her name is. The queen of the the queen of the queens. Oh, yeah, yeah that lady. Yes, that lady. <laughs> yeah. Kate Blanchard. Yeah, yeah that, that. Yeah. So this question actually might be. I said the first one was one of my favorites. Mm. This one is probably my favorite. Okay. But when I see blank, I smile. What makes you smile? I did write that down. You go first so I can collect my thoughts. Okay. This one actually took me a while to think about because a lot of things bring me joy, but I will process that internally. Mm. I don't always just laugh or smile. And this was the hardest one for me to answer because mm. I think, well, a lot of things make me happy. Laughing obviously makes me smile. But mm. what's the one thing, if I could pinpoint it, that will never fail to bring a smile to my mm. face? And the very thing that always will are when people are driving and they're jamming out to their music, having a solo <laughs> oh, <yes>. party. <laughs> I have encountered two people who were so in the zone. Yeah. There's nobody even with them, but you can hear the music. Yes. I remember once this guy pulled up beside me and he was like, yeah, like looking and dancing and like beating his steering wheel. Or I saw this woman like this, this over. Right, right. and it just makes me really happy because they don't give a flip in the world. No, they're, they're having just... so much fun. They're so full of joy. It's like in musicals when people break mm. out in song. I think what you're saying <laughs> is when people are being themselves and being yeah. joyful. Yeah, which is how you are. Like even for our shoot, you know. Oh well, but, the well, that's very that sweet. Really but I know what I did one time. Uh, you just triggered a memory. Ooh, I, someone I was jamming you. out in their car. And they were just going to town, and she looked. She looked, and I, I, she looked over at me, and I just started going with <laughs> yeah, her, and, and it was like we connected. Yes. It's like you connect with the, somebody else's joy. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, took the words right from my mouth. Yeah. What about you? What makes you smile? smile? I, I think Shmile. I think it's always. Isn't it funny? Well, <laughs> this is going to sound weird. Weird animals. Um, I wrote that down too. Uh, cats lose their dignity. Yes. But continue. Well, no, well, I was even thinking just when I look uh, at like crazy things, the peacocks will come over here every now and then. The, Ooh, <laughs> we hear them all the time, but they'll come over here and I'll just say, and, and you know, I don't want to over spiritualize it, but it really is. I'm, I'm fascinated and it makes me smile because I'm like, God, you are the most creative creator there ever was. So that makes me smile. Um, but I also, I love, I love to see when people are connecting. Mm. That makes me mm -hmm. smile. Like, I don't have to be a part of it. I just see people connecting in a loving, gracious, wonderful way. And it just does my heart so good. I feel you know? that. Like, you human know? connectedness is so, I think it's so fascinating to just observe you know, like yeah. old people holding hands. Yes. Oh. So I, I think the connectedness and and just seeing people relate, whether they're strangers or uh, particularly when they're strangers. And yeah. and then or if they like they are the older couple holding hands, that, that does my heart warm. That Same. does my heart warm. So when you're flipping through your phone, what images inspire you? Oh, absolutely. No doubt. A hundred percent. Besides the beauty of my, my grandchildren or children, anything that comes in that way. 
and seeing them enjoy life or their accomplishments that they're enjoying. Um, it, it, no doubt it's sunrises and sunsets. Uh, I, if you go through the my best year, if you go through my phone, it has pictures of loved ones and it has, uh, and I call mine pictures cause yours are pretty, but sometimes I get a really good photograph. You know, I really do. But it's always sunrises and sunsets. Always, always, always. The yeah. sunrises and sunsets here on each patio mm. of choice are pretty, pretty epic. Yeah. I love in the summertime because you always will go out to watch the sunset. I do. Or invite people to watch the sunset yeah. with you. And I think that's just very... And I'm starting to do that even in the cold. I love that. Yeah, I'm just trying to venture out, you know, in the sub, sub, you know. The tropical is far, far away, and yes, I love it. What about you? Uh, definitely anything twentieth century. Um, mm. Thankfully, the algorithm shows mostly old people who have lived to be over a hundred years old, mm. <laughs> black and white photos, and twentieth century celebrity portraits, which mm. inspires my photography. But I'm yeah, always so really inspired does. by what I call the era long gone. I love photos that I have on my phone of my great grandmother. Yes. Um, I'll take snaps of those every time I go to my grandparents' house because it's just, I love things that tell a story, mm. just make you pause. So anything black and white, 20th century, Audrey Hepburn slash my great grandmother, mm. you know. Your inspiration. Anything film. Yeah. 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 But black and white, really. Is, is it's my, photography, the yeah. photography of it all. Yeah. But it's also the history. And and it what's is. really wild is you're connecting back. I think how many did you count? Is it was it fifth generation you were connecting back to or fourth? Uh, for my Parisian cousin, yes, I would think she's my fifth cousin. Wow. Yeah, but then on your grandmother. Oh, when you were talking about one of your great grandmothers, I thought it was your great grandmother, or maybe it was Ooh. a great great. I don't know. I've talked about a lot of them and spam my stories with them. <laughs> Excuse me. Bless you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I, I Renee's adored, favorite. I adored writing um, my uh, best moments list. Let's see. Obviously, again, it's always the best moments of my life for my children. Absolutely, hands down, the best moments. Um and I wrote a lot of these to the Lord. I said, it was most definitely when you, Lord, surprised me with a thought or your presence. August 14th, 2001, after being worn down by drinking, I woke one morning that morning and I heard first thing, you're done now, Renee. You can stop drinking. Ooh. And I had his authority, his power to stop. That's amazing. Yeah, it was really wonderful. Um, I'm just going through a couple of things. Um, as a new Christian, after trying my hardest to be the best Christian, uh, his voice came to me as I was walking past the piano in my mom and dad's old house on Jonesboro Road in, in Bristol. And I said, and I heard, okay, or I knew more like, you know how you, you don't hear, but you know in the DNA of your body down to your spirit that the Lord is saying something to you that you need to pay attention to, and that is going to change your life. Um, and it's not an audible voice. It's just that deep, 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 still, small voice. And it said, it was 
the most relieving. And this had to be, oh my goodness. It was early in my walk when I was a Christian. So it was the early 2000s. And I have to use my glasses. Uh, you rock the camo glasses. My, my cat caddis glasses, yes. Um, okay, so I knew, let's see, none of the saving and sanctifying was up to my hard efforts. He was saying to me, like, this is 100% mine. Um, I did this for you, and I'm doing this for you. And by doing that, such it like I I'm sanctifying you. It's not a work. It's not an effort. It's not a box I check. It's not even following faithfully my quiet time or you know it, it's obviously following His word. It's obeying, but even in the disobedience, like He is doing it, and I it's not up to me. I mean, there are things that I I want to do to honor Him, but. He's doing this work in each of us, and it's not a work. Um, it's a work on his part, not mm-hmm. mine. And it was so relieving. It was like like yesterday in the field. It was like a weight that just lifted off me. Uh, and I can't tell you how it changed my DNA. And it also changed my walk with the Lord because I, I maybe I was on the route to being legalistic or, you know, works-based. Who knows? But it was like a, it was a gift. It's interesting yeah. the theme of yours that I notice mm. is some of the best moments are when you're fully surrendered. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. Oh man, the category. Even the O one of yeah. putting the bottle down oh, for need, good. I need my pencil to write in. <laughs> Surrender is my category. It, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I guess just found so. that interesting. Like yeah. when suddenly the human control is off and it's just allowing God to prune you and have yeah. His way and. You just follow. Thank you, Doctor Anna Gray Smith. That was really good and insightful. That is, the, and that is the beauty. That is the beauty of balancing life moments off t- with each other. Is that you're you're seeing something different. I I'm thinking yeah. it is his presence, but it is his presence. But by getting his presence, it's usually a surrender. Well, I know? think it's really cool that you have those specific moments same with the oh one um you know forging of the bottle yeah because i think a lot of the time it's easy to look at things just on okay what have i accomplished Mm. versus what are like really hard the thorn in your flesh that Mm. has been plucked out and how you've been healed you know or a habit you've broken because i think i mean everyone has a downfall or a struggle but it can be easy to overlook those yeah. and not equate them in the same category as, you know, doing things or going places, things of that nature. And I think what, what you're pointing to is we could take this list, the best moments of my life and say, well, it's got to be about my career. Mm-hmm. It's got to be all about my family. It's got to be all about, um, you know, a relationship. You know, and and it it falls under. De- you you really need to let yourself go and just free flow this thing. And and I loved what he said <laughs> in a part of the book. He said, "Kick the bouncer out of your head." Uh, and basically, what we say in the writing world, kick the editor out of your head when you're writing your first draft. And he's saying that, like, kick the bouncer editor out of your head. Don't don't 
not write something because it doesn't sound good or whatever. It doesn't have, you know, either, you know, a scripture behind it or whatever. I mean, obviously, we want to dwell on whatever is good, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think upon these things. But here he's saying, just just write it down. Mm-hmm. He, he, and that's the beauty of it. There's freedom just to write it, which is great. Having looks like, like you that. filled out. I did two um, whole pages. Well, I, I, oh, I have another, and I have this category of his presence, but this was another. But if, to remember something for me, particularly that was fifteen or more years ago. I was sitting on my uh, the house that we built in Trinity. Um, and I was sitting there. I love the way God surprises me. That's what I love. That's the best moments of my life. Um, because I'm sitting out there. I, I guess I hadn't adopted the youngest yet. Um, and I guess the older kids were out doing something or in school or doing whatever. Um, and I'm sitting out there having a very simple, I think I still ate paninis then um okay the panini press is still the panini it it, it is probably one of the best moments of our lives because it feeds us quite well heck yeah but i'm just not thinking of anything i'm just looking at the uh dogwoods beginning to blossom you know i don't have spiritual moment stamped on this i don't have a kindle or a book in front of me i just have i'm just eating and looking outside and i didn't plan it you know, I didn't play. I didn't have a phone. Didn't have no technology, no distraction, and I'm just sitting out there thinking, okay, I'm just going to grab some lunch and just take a quick lunch outside because it was so beautiful. You know how all the trees surrounded the gazebo, um, and all of a sudden, in the mundane, and this is how the Lord uses usually gets a hold of me in the mundane. Um, just eating a sandwich all of a sudden i knew he was sitting with me i just knew that i knew that i knew i was not alone he was having lunch with me and i was just filled with this glorious moment of his presence and which is such a hint of heaven on earth you know and it just i mean it's i mean we're talking i it was 15 18 years ago and I remember it just like it was yesterday or even today and it just comes out of nowhere and that's where I love I love it when the Lord just swoops in out of nowhere and says I'm here and when you just expect it to because sometimes I think we often think he's we're going to feel his presence mm-hmm. or experience him one way and then it sometimes even in those moments that feel really simplistic or mundane mm-hmm. it's that true worship yeah it's yeah. true worship because Again, it's one of those things that you know, I'm not trying to conjure up emotion to lift my hands up and, you know. Listen to my Spotify playlist really quick. Yeah. And like. So it, it really is a beautiful thing. He, he's very, very surprising, and I love that. I love that about him. So your turn. Oh, yeah. it was. this was actually really good for me to hear from yours mm-hmm. first because – when I initially was answering this question, it, I was going based off of like accomplishments. But mm-hmm. interestingly, and in hearing what you shared, it would trigger some certain things in my mm-hmm. brain. I would say the best moments of my life are any time I press into fear mm-hmm. things that 
I know I need to do, but I really, my innermost being wants to go into self-sabotage mode. I want to run from it. Mm -hmm. But a few of those that didn't necessarily have the fruit I was looking for even would be both moving to and breaking up with Los Angeles because I fought my way out there and I had to fight my way back out again. Hugely. And (laughs) so I was depressing into fear and resisting pride and expectations Mm. because I tend to live and this is something I've had to be really cautious with in the last few years and start to kind of put to rest but I can tend to live through this really these really high expectations Mm. and pursue things assuming that expectation is going to come true even when it's clear I need to end something Mm -hmm. um whether it's a career hobby person etc um but I would say best moments are when I pressed into fear. So moving to and from Los Angeles this year, probably running my marathon. And I would say that it's not so much about the thing as it is mm-hmm. overcoming your flesh in the process. Mm-hmm. Because there are these there are a few things in my life that I've had really, really, really terrible experiences with. And that would be marathons relationships um and uh, interestingly travels going very wrong um so and you've had a you've had a number of those yes and this year in particular has felt like this year of redemption towards those Mm -hmm. it's as if god has been showing me that my life is not my mental is not the mental formula Mm. i tend to view as this like self-fulfilled prophecy. Um, So this year I ran a marathon and there was this moment I remember sitting in my car just a few days prior. I had worked so hard all summer for months building up for Mm. it, clocking in all the long runs. And I just had so many pent up emotions because the last time I had run, I was going through like immense relational distress, Mm. had nursed a stomach ulcer. My life was falling apart in Los Angeles. So I was equating all these things with the marathon, even though I very much knew it wasn't just pounding out a unit of measurement. That was the big thing. Like, yes, it's scary, but it's like this, again, this like visceral gut wrenching Mm. response. I was feeling in my physical body. And I thought, I remember I was like, thinking about just canceling it, quitting it. Cause mm-hmm. I'm thinking I can't, I shouldn't do this for my mental health. I can't do this, mm-hmm. but I pressed through and I did it. And yes, it was hard. No, I didn't have any guarantees with it, but there is this super fulfilling joy mm-hmm. of crossing that finish and seeing everybody and mm-hmm. thinking, Whoa, I did that. Mm-hmm. And I can remember seeing the 26 mile marker and mm-hmm. I almost, <laughs> I may have said a choice word out of giddiness and yeah. happiness <laughs> because the last time, the last marathon I ran, I actually had to quit um, close to mile 20 because I was having this awful mm. like GI distress mm. and some things going very, very wrong. And I had this fear of what if I can't complete it? Mm-hmm. And I use the marathon as an example because that's how I think of so many things in my life. Right. It's this really deep, scary feeling of what if... I just cower into fear and I don't finish what I've worked right. so hard for. Yeah. Um, and my gosh, best moments going to Europe in June. Mm-hmm. And not that it was just this fun little travel and I got to eat my weight in croissants. <laughs> and, and 
dance song. Oh, my Argentina, Argentina Tango. tango. <laughs> yeah. But the last time I had done a big travel, too, was going to Russia when everything went wrong. It was during COVID. Mm. My flights were rebooked three times. I was actually banned from my first flight. Mm. You know, it was it was all of these things that went so very wrong um, with getting there. And so I very much equated chaos with even the leisure of travel and just mm. fear, paranoia, almost assuming with these different things that would otherwise be so life-giving to me is this mental idea that, okay, something's going to go wrong. Mm. I have to brace myself. Mm. I have to prepare for the worst, but still following through and doing those things because mm. what if there's actually goodness to be found yes. and what if what if everything goes to catastrophe but what if it also is really good goes to good yeah mm. because i think that i tend to brace myself for the worst case scenario and almost create this awful pain and anxiety before i even experience it so um that might be a weird answer to best moments of my life, no, but it's more like the why really behind good. it, like traveling to Europe, to Russia even, mm -hmm. and, you know, the fears I had of going solo mm -hmm. and the marathon and, I mean, so many different things, moving to Los Angeles and back. Mm -hmm. um, any of those times where I was this close to saying I quit, like mm -hmm. middle finger, I'm done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there's something that is really refining even if you don't get the romanticized mm. movie like experience they're really something refining about even pressing through when it's really hard yes. and things don't go right. like you anticipate um which is largely how i see my time in los angeles it was definitely not mm. the blissful city of angels experience mm. in the slightest you know few cool moments here and there mostly chaos stress overworking um, lots of traffic yes mm -hmm. so yeah best moments would be pressing into the fear and the million voices that say no stop don't mm -hmm. do this like just quit just sever it and doing it anyway and well, seeing you, that you said, make it out alive well you said the word overcoming i think that's yeah. it like <gasps> oh! overcoming you said that but it's overcoming yeah. not just to overcome it's overcoming mm. into joy that's so you know oh, man. but you said that's all these good. words you know and so that's that seems what it is with you is overcoming and and, and arriving at joy because i mean at the end of the 26.2 I saw you. You jumped up. You jumped down. You were ecstatic. And it's a good feeling. It is. And that's how I view life. You yeah. know, it, life yeah. really is like a marathon. It's very much overcoming into joy. And it's not easy. But it's, it's worth it. Yes, but it's it is. Worth it. You said something that it's not a, you had written down accomplishments. There's nothing wrong with that because that's, that is your best moments of your life. That's true. I think it's a bit, it's broad and he does tackle that in chapter three. Um, all it takes is a, what did I say? It's only takes a goal. It's John Acuff. A-C-U-F-F. -F, John. Um, Johnny Appleseed. No, nah, Johnny Appleseed. But he is planting seeds. Oh, he is yeah. planting seeds. Spiritual fruit. Um, so, but, when I was coming down on the farm after I'd bought it, I was like, all of a sudden I, I went, this is crazy. Cause I don't normally, you know, I have started naming my car, 
you know, or something like that. Some people have named them all their lives, and I just went, okay, I'm going to name this after somebody because they suggested I got a new car because I needed to travel over mountains. Um, my my brother in heart said, Renee, buy a better driving card for the mountains when you come see me and your sister. And that was very sweet. Um, so I was driving down the long driveway to the farm. And all of a sudden, I just asked this question. I was like, what should I name this? And I won't mention the name here, but I'll mention the story. Um, so I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. And all of a sudden, it just floats down to me, you know, and it's the story of Emmaus Road. I love that story. It's in Luke. And uh, the two men are dejected. They're walking away from, you know, where Christ was crucified. And they were followers and believers. And they're thinking, like, what went wrong here? And they're reviewing all the things that they knew. And how could how could he end up dying? Because, you know, and then all of a sudden, in pops, this man beside them. And it turns out in the long end, long story, it he reveals himself to be Christ, you know, the resurrected Christ, and their minds are blown. Um, and so again, I go back to the surprise of God because that story alone is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. Where where we're walking away, we're thinking what, and this goes along with the overcoming. I think when we think everything is going wrong. Christ is still showing up. Mm. He's still Emmanuel, and he's still surprising us. Um, so that goes on, and I know that's redundant of what I said, but I loved, I just remember when, I just remember coming down this road to the farm and going, sighing and going home. You know, this is home on earth, you know. And then the other thing I realized, oh, I went to the Redeeming Your Time retreat, and this is talking about my giftedness. So it sounds like I'm bragging, and it isn't. I was deeply, just kind of like, you know, when we went to Ignite, we're like, where do we belong here? <laughs> it's and like a, a mutt among golden uh, retrievers. And we felt the same way at the National Religious Broadcasters. Like, what are we doing here? Which and we will be at again in 2024. And Nashville in February. Um, and we're like, what, you know, we're fish out of water. We're like, just we, little us, little us, or, you know, we're here podcasting. Well, um, but this, this was, I'm at this, and all these people have these designations. So when they, everybody stands up, well, I'm a da 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 da, and I'm a da 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 da, and I stand up and I'm, I'm going, uh, yeah. I'm Renee. <laughs> I'm just a girl. I'm just That's a how woman. I feel. And I, I, you know, and then you always go into, well, I've, I've written some books. I'm an author. Uh, but then you go into some more things, you know. But it, it was very, I felt so insignificant. I felt so out of place because I had no... Like, I wasn't reading any spreadsheets at this time. I wasn't looking at a P&L statement. There was no business about me except for I, I know I need to work on my time management in a God-given way. So that's why I'm at this retreat. And so I'm thinking I'm a loser, you know. Uh, and everybody else has it going. They all have titles. Um, but oddly, everybody's Christian. 
Everyone has a label. Yeah, so even in Christian groups, yeah. you can feel like a loser. You know? I, I feel like, that, what? though. Yeah, I resonate. So <laughs> I'm, and so all of a sudden, I, I get up the next morning, and I'm going, and I'm dealing with a, a you know, a relative who's having a, a medical emergency. I'm dealing with two people like that. And so I'm waking up. I feel particularly burdened about that, just like wanting to break apart on that. But then at the same time, so you're you're already vulnerable, and then you're like, I have nothing to bring to the table, absolutely nothing here, nothing. Um, and um, you know, so I go down to breakfast. I go to breakfast, and dear sweet Ember at this hotel, she was just precious. And I asked her, so what's good? So she gave me IKEA bowl, um, and I'm eating down, having my breakfast and coffee, and reading my my word. Um, and still feeling like a loser. But Ember and I start talking. Even with the oatmeal. Yeah, I just love it, love it. But I'm talking to Ember and we're, you know, connecting. And um, and then it was like this moment in time where I was just pulled back a little bit and saying, wow, that felt really good to get out of myself. What if I just make this about whatever God wants this to be, about seeing what other people are doing and not and it wasn't giving up on myself but seeing what other people are doing 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 it this conference a little differently um and seeing what is going on in other people's lives you know and and, and also at the same time you know trying to figure out me and my time management um, so I went in and all of a sudden it was like the door unlocked I mean the Lord unlocked this huge door and people would be talking to me and they would be saying, yeah, I always wanted to do this. You know, I wanted to work with foster kids. And I'm like, well, and he's running a company. And I'm like, well, you just told me about your employees who are deeply in need of mentor mentorship. I said, you are. It just doesn't look like what you're doing. You, you didn't adopt them into your home. They're grown men. You're mentoring them. And then I started seeing all these connections. And, and, and I've been told... And I've taken tests. I have the gift of encouragement, which I've been working on because you can really slip into flattery uh, very easily, simply. Um, and, and it sounds arrogant to say that we have a gift of this anytime. But I was like, okay, let's. I just all of a sudden at the end of that conference, I realized the Lord had stepped in, the Lord had used me to encourage others. And I was like, I was just blown up. I was like, oh, wow. This was rich because not only was I, and then at the end of it, someone else encouraged me. And I'm going, like, the, the encouragement was deep. And it was incredible. And you get to see full circle some things. So I, I think that was one of the best moments in my life to see that the Lord, there's, again, it's not up to me. It's not a work. It was him. It was his doing. Only he could turn, you know, this black hole of a mess, L, <laughs> loser, into something that walks away and says, that was so redeeming my time for the glory of God and for others. Um, yeah. I would echo you in saying mm -hmm. encouragement is your gift. And mm -hmm. I don't think it sounds arrogant either, mm -hmm. but I think it's so fascinating how at these networking events, and like you said, like mm -hmm. NRB, Spark Media Conference, mm -hmm. with all these like wonderful people, but 
so many labels where you feel like if I don't have a label or a yeah. thing or yeah. my one thing, then I'm completely out of place. Right. But it's so it's so impactful when I think people realize that who they are truly on the inside, as cliche mm. as it sounds like, that really is what matters, like the connectedness to people. Right. Because there was a woman at the Spark Media Conference who said, oh, I usually don't sit down with people for breakfast because you pursued her. Oh. Our dear our dear friend. Oh, Sharla. Yeah. yeah. Um, too. But I walked out yeah. and you guys were having breakfast. Right. I, And I remember her just mentioning something that it was – she was just like savoring that time, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that it's, I think it's also fascinating that you have a best moment of your life as what God's like reminding you of who you are. Yeah. If that makes sense. So I don't think it it sounds arrogant. It's, it is really, it's how he's wired you up. Well, but, and, and to point, like us going on adventures together, we're always learning something. But we yeah. we actually connected with um, the woman who created our bumper music that we kept working on back Kezia and forth. Kezia Alford, we love Al- you. Oh, adore her. Um, and she, that whole process of just listening to it and it getting there and the way she came up with exactly what we wanted, which is even better. So you're going to have to listen to more bumper Ooh. music. Uh, it was just, it was just a blessing. So tell, tell me, wrap up one of a best like moment. You wrapped it so well. Though, with no, yours. you got some um, more best moments. <sighs> Passing a very important board exam that you mm-hmm. cried three times during and got lost on the way to Oh wow! When I was told that I passed it, I sat down the hall and started ugly crying. And I'm not a happy crier, <laughs> especially in public. But I was very convinced that I had failed. And I had prepared so hard, gone over the anatomy, the kidneys, everything. And I knew that I knew that I knew during that test that I failed it, that mm-hmm. I failed my board. And I walked out. And the man said, so he said why were you so frazzled when you he said were you frazzled when you came in here and i said yes and he was asking me questions and i'm thinking okay he's gonna try to console me and tell me i failed and i said well i don't know why because you passed and i was like weeping it was like i just gotten the golden ticket to american idol yeah Willy Wonka's chocolate factory so hard yeah and i think getting the role of wendy and peter pan because i used to be so good in that (laughs) i forget your game just i was it it was my favorite that and godspeed was uh my favorite it was so fun yeah well that one was important because i had done a lot of shows where I was just in the ensemble, mm-hmm. but I remember it was actually my dad who gave me a really swift kick in the tush, mm-hmm. um, like a year or two prior that maybe I should invest more into even my auditions and try to go for a larger role. Mm-hmm. It, but it was a good kind of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started taking vocal lessons, would rehearse my tush off. Mm-hmm. Like I would get very... <laughs> I think maybe my obsessive traits could come out maybe for the better in preparing for an audition because I would work endlessly, look at myself in the mirror, and go over absolutely everything and try to make it mm. as convincing as possible. 
but I've never been lead in a show. I've been a supporting character. I've been ensemble mm-hmm. for a bunch. But I thought, I'm going to go for one of the leads. Then, yeah. And so I spent about two months preparing really, 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 really religiously um, would drive my crappy little Nissan (laughs) at age 17 for my vocal lessons. Mm. And I remember the moment my friend said, Anna Gray, refresh the cast list. I We were screaming on FaceTime because we each got the role that we wanted because it never worked out ever in the past that you know, you go for a role mm. and maybe one person will get it. You wouldn't. One mm. would be bumped to the ensemble. Yeah. You weren't. And so we got the exact roles we wanted. And something about that, because I convinced myself for so many years that I wasn't cut to sing or get to those high notes mm-hmm. like other people. I was always mezzo-soprano. This role was soprano, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking, I don't know if I can humanly train my voice to reach <laughs> these numbers and these harmonies. And there was something about going from a five-year-old who would cling to her mother's leg. I wouldn't even yeah. go up. I remember this. I wouldn't go up in this pizza place to go get dessert by myself yeah. unless I was just like, I remember clingy, those I was shy. Since I've known you since her, too. Yeah. I remember those So, days. and I would definitely I was really really reserved about anything that would be theatrical acting singing dancing Mm -hmm. and there was just something really fulfilling about that and performing it because there was no fear in the actual performance Mm -hmm. like actually being on stage was never something that scared me Mm -hmm. it was always oddly the rehearsals Mm. um because I think it's the refining aspect. Like, it's not going to be perfect. Mm. So I felt really, like, exposed. Um, and the auditions that would always make me so cripplingly anxious. But This is, like, a theme. It's, like, the <laughs> getting there is the thing that gives you angst. Yes. The going there yeah. is not what does it. That's it. And I create yeah. – I think what I realize is – and I think for a lot of people operate this way – is you can create a story around yourself and around what mm. other people think about you that's – not necessarily true, mm. but you rehearse that story in your right. head to where you begin to believe it, convince yourself of it until mm. you start to ask, but what if I actually can do this? Like mm. if other people can do it, I have the same human capacity. Right. So, you know, I think also, wait, wait, <laughs> I want to explain about being in the audience. So I'm in the audience. Um, your mother, I, we knew you were there. She had told me I had, I guess I had Lily and Lisa with me and we had bought roses to give you and we're sitting there and I didn't have the best seats because you know me, I always wait <laughs> till too late, but I see you, I see you from, it was the middle, kind of the mid row um, of the midsection and I'm thinking, I wonder, like this is bold because I did theater but I never did singing. And that's a complete different animal altogether. And I mean, I did, I tried one time for singing and I I was banished to the uh, chorus. But to know that you were leading this role and you were singing solos and then you, I've never heard you sing before. (laughs) And and I'm thinking, and I'm going, (laughs) what is this going to be like? Because she must be good at, you know, good enough to to headline. 
and at the same time and then to hear you sing I was like, this is pure beauty and joy. Are you serious? I That's am. So interesting. I was like, I, I think, I think, oh. you know, for us, a little tear is sobbing. Oh um, my God. But like, I think I teared up because I was so proud of That's you. That's so, you were always, oh my okay, yeah. you were always, always, and still are, speak of encouragement, one of the few people truly who I look back on who encouraged me and pushed me because there was this acting camp you signed me up for with the Shakespeare Festival. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) So like you were equally a part in supporting my pressing into fears. But you did it. No, really. And it's funny that I say this because I'm like, oh, I miss doing a production. Like maybe I should should recover it. You can can go do some Christmas carols somewhere. (laughs) We can have have an impromptu Christmas carol at the house. (laughs) We can just go caroling. (laughs) Can I serenade you in my scratchy voice? I haven't exercised in And our flea-bitten velvet outfits. (laughs) Yeah. Some lukewarm filmy coffee yeah. with almond milk. Merry uh, Christmas in our bells. Yeah. Now, so. I'm excited. And what I'm excited <sighs> about is, is, is chapter three, because it talks about after you do this list, you, you come up with these categories. And yours seems to be experience, mm-hmm. which leads you to a deeper place. Mm-hmm. Mine seems to be relational, which leads me to a deeper place. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about that. But uh, what's what's the moral to this story here, Deary? So the moral tea to our list, to our reflections on the past, mm-hmm. is gratitude, it's is gratitude. what we came to. And it was interesting mm-hmm. when you told me that a family member of yours who was recovering from a stress heart attack, mm-hmm. gratitude was, wasn't that. Yeah, on it the, was eating well exercising and gratitude okay my brother yeah yeah oh, no it's okay, very okay. fun i wrote a blog about it <gasps> but i know uh, those were the three things uh three things that you need to do to alleviate stress mm-hmm. that she was told that she had to do to um you know recover fully from the stress heart attack which was major well, and I think yeah. with gratitude, people think of that and even a gratitude journal as, all right, do this. It's going to feel good. Mm-hmm. It's going to fix everything. Mm-hmm. That's not, I don't think entirely the point behind it. Sometimes I think joy and gratitude, it comes from force feeding yourself life-giving mm-hmm. things even when you don't feel it. Right. Because yesterday morning, I can assure you, I did not feel like opening my Bible, writing a single mm-hmm. word. I start off with a word spill of just my angsty thoughts mm-hmm. and then got to it, but once you start doing it and doing what writing writing uh force feeding yourself things that bring joy that Mm -hmm. bring life even when you don't feel the inspiration the best moments of your life yeah Yeah. even when exactly it's it's just as crucial and that's coming from my perspective because i don't uh, it's easier for me to write down things i'm grateful for or even just contemplate it when i'm feeling good but when i'm in a low it's it's much harder to see beauty in anything. Yes. But I think forcing yourself and being really intentional about whether it's thinking it, seeing it, it, it really does do something. It changes the ten- the tenor of the day. It, it does. And I, I noticed it, there's this favorite line in one of the Psalms. It says, forget not his benefits. It's a three line. It's three words, so I can always remember it. Forget not his benefits. And I realized when you're doing that, I'm remembering who God is, 
but I'm also remembering what he's done in mm-hmm. my life. Yes. You know, just yes. like, cause I'm reading an acts and all this and just like what God does there. Um, so I think that is the moral is remembering, uh, and looking back and remembering that he's there with us, like mm. you said, with joy. And he brings gratitude. And so I would like to say, yeah, and to more, to more good moments, best moments of our lives. Here's to 2024. Cheers. Cheers.